Welcome to Business and Money Mentors. Together, Mia, your business mentor, and Bonnie, Miss Money Boss, guide you on the need to knows to grow and manage your business successfully. Hello, hello, everyone. It's really great to have you here joining us from Los Angeles and around the globe. And this is Business and Money Mentors. This week, Bonnie Gale is off on a fabulous retreat. So you have me, Mia Fines. And my guest this week is Uma Luna. And I'm going to say hello to her before I introduce her. So come on the show, Uma. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Mia. How are you? I'm fabulous. Um, I'm excited because today you're going to be talking to us about branding and about websites. Do you need them? Do you not need them? There's a lot of fun things that we have in store. Um, those who know you know that you do branding, but they also know that you're just kind of a magically special person. <laughs> that sounds funny on air, doesn't it? <laughs> we can feel it. So share with us a, share with us a little bit about uh why this is an unusual question to ask, but you know, especially to start off the show. But it's so interesting to me. Why do you love branding? Oh, sure. Well, I love branding because there it's like this really wonderful place to play. And I, mm-hmm. I'm a, I have been a spiritual speaker, and I've dipped my toes into so many different places. And branding is like this beautiful place for us to bring like our full expression in this way that's kind of strategic to bring all of ourselves and all of our gifts into our business and use them to help us to be profitable and be on purpose at the same time. Profitable and on purpose. I love that. That's uh, that's really so important to any business, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for us, we, you know, most of us do the work that we do because it's part of our calling or our purpose or we it's something that we feel passionate about, you know. So sometimes right. in business, in the old paradigm, it was like you had to kind of just focus more on, you know, the traditional things. And we thought that we need to hide who we were to be successful. And actually, the opposite is true. So the way that I do branding is all about bringing all of yourself and more of yourself and shining brighter so that you attract your clients. Beautiful. And now that could also work for a product line as as well, correct? Um, I'm going exactly. to give a, yeah, you know, I'm going to give two ideas and both of them, um, you know, you might not think is a spiritual company and that's okay. I mean, the world, you know, people listening, but um, Pepsi or Coke. So let's go with Coke and also Apple. Those are brandings that represent a product as opposed to a person. Because sometimes, yeah. you know, people, they're, they're not quite sure exactly what that means. So first, let's get into it. So I want to talk to you about product branding, too, just because mm-hmm. the way you speak about branding is interesting. So if we talk about a product as well, that, that's very cool. 
So what's your, uh, first let's start off with, what's your definition of branding? Sure, yeah. Well, so a lot of people think that when I say branding that they that you're just talking about the visual image. And that's mm-hmm. actually not really what branding is in my definition. Um, branding is actually about the feeling that you create yeah. with your product or your service. The, um, the story, yeah. right? The resonance. It's about like your reputation and like what people say about your or your company, your product, your service, right? It's what you stand for. So that mm-hmm. um, is what branding is about to me. It's not about just you know, the visual look, that's like one mm-hmm. facet of it. So the, so the branding, like you were saying, like the story or what somebody stands for, that's really like the user experience, the UX, where when we look at somebody's uh, website, non-website, who they are, their branding of who they are, that's really people begin to feel all the sensations. Like you kind of know what it would be like to talk with them, to listen to them, to go into their store. You'd almost know like where something is already placed just by getting to know them. Is that is that a good definition of of how somebody would want to represent themselves in branding overall? Mm, yeah, that's part of it. Um, so like I'm thinking about Apple, for example, right? The reason that Apple yeah. is so successful is because their brand is so strong, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's other, you know, there's the Samsung, right? And then there's the Apple. Like, Samsung mm-hmm. doesn't have, have the difference in quality between, like, a Samsung phone and a, uh, an iPhone is, is very small, right? Negligible, depending on who you ask. It's basically right. a matter of opinion. But the brand, Samsung doesn't have a strong brand. They, if you, what do they stand for? You don't know, right? But Apple, <laughs> we know what Apple stands for. Apple stands yes. for innovation, right? Apple cutting edge, yeah. Qual- yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying. So they've cultivated this the this um, brand, and that's why people get in line for hours to go get the brand new iPhone, right? Mm, um, yeah, it's not just about the quality of the product. So that's one thing I want to be clear about. So that's that's what they that's part of what they build the brand on is 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 quality, but the strength of their brand really isn't about the quality of their product. It's about the fact that they're bringing something cutting edge and innovative and new. And this also ties into um, the, the, the piece of called brand identity, which brings in the mm-hmm. archetype, right? So right. every business, every big company, like you said, Coke, you know, Apple, Disney, uh, all these big companies, Nike, they spend, millions of dollars on their brand, right? Because it's right. so important to whether your product is going to be successful or not. So, so for example, um, Apple's brand archetype is the maverick, right? Or the innovator. It's like, you know, two, two different names. So the brand archetype, there's 12 traditional branding archetypes um, that every big company uses, right? And I use these also in my work. Um, so this is a big piece of branding too, right? Um, so if you start to, if you start to learn about this stuff, you can start to pick it, pick it out and see, right? And the brand archetype gives you the template 
of like what the brand energy, what the brand story, what the brand values are, right? So as I was talking about with Apple, some of their brand values are innovation and being like cutting edge and being like the first to bring something to market, right? So that's why people want the brand new iPhone because it's like the the only place you can get this brand new technology. You know, maybe it's not always that way today, but that's how the brand of Apple was built. You know, right, right. And the iPhone, which you know, which was very powerful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, innovation. um, Right. Yeah, almost futuristic. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. And that's that's a that that word futuristic is. So each each brand archetype has like kind of like I said it has like that that template, but also it can go in different ways. So the innovator or the maverick can be expressed in different ways. So for them, futuristic is one way, right? Um, but Virgin is also a maverick innovator um, brand archetype, right? Right, um, right. But they're that's they're 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 not futuristic. They're more like we're doing something different. So, so a lot of times the maverick of the innovator is just about doing something differently, right? Right. Uh, it's right. not necessarily futuristic. But that's yeah, one expression exactly. of it. Right. It's interesting because um, both Apple and you, you spoke about two of them. Both Apple and Virgin are amazing in their industry. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Virgin isn't really about. Uh, being futuristic, except for when you're, you're sitting inside a new plane and it looks like, you know, a pink and purple and blue discotheque. <laughs> that's, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty futuristic, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're they're both fabulous. I'm glad you brought up uh, Virgin because that's um, yeah, that's another very good identifying one. So here's a crazy, 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 crazy question for you because I know that this is what you. Uh, teach, coach, and, and work with people on, and I, I love it because, again, you're very innovative and you're very fresh. So, this question. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, I Okay, so how does a website fit into this, and does it? Yeah, okay, so let me talk about this from a couple different angles. So like I was saying, so, you know, people think their website is their brand, and it's not, right? Your website mm-hmm. is an accessory to your brand. So let me kind of just go back to, like, what is a brand and kind of explain that a little bit more. Um, so your website, your logo, the colors for your brand, you know, um, all of those stuff, that's like accessories. So let's think if you were getting dressed to go out, right? and you were, like, really excited, and you wanted to, like, look your best. And so you got, like, these super cute shoes, and you got these really beautiful earrings that, like, look incredible with your shoes, and you got this, like, cute brand, like, brand-new purse, right? Then, like, all three of them are matching, and they all look great together. And then you go out of the house, but you don't have any clothes on. That's like mm-hmm. your outfit, right? That's what happens mm-hmm. when people just like focus on their website only. You're mm-hmm. missing the substance of your brand. And so if you go out like that, it's not going to really translate. Right. You know? It's not going to yeah, really. Interesting. It's, it's not going to create the desired effect. You have to get the substance first. So 
the substance of your brand is coming from the other stuff that I was talking about. Like, what's your brand mm-hmm. identity? Who are you? What do you stand for, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's your message? What's your story? Who is your target audience or your ideal client? You know, what do they care about? Um, what are you selling, like, energetically, right? So, like, I was talking about with, with the Apple and the iPhones. Like, what they're selling is a phone or, like, a, you know, a tablet, but that's not what they're really selling, right? The reason that people right. are paying all that money is because they're selling innovation. They're selling that futuristic thing. They're selling being cool, right? That's what people are paying all that money for. They're not paying all that money for a phone, right? Mm-hmm. That's the power right. of your brand. But if you don't know what that stuff is, you can have a beautiful website, but it'll be just, it can be disconnected and it won't be clear and it won't be targeted and all these things that are the, the real things that are going to make your brand work. So, right. um, so let me so so let me go back to where does the website fit in? So even if you have a product, you can still sell your product without having like a perfect website. People do it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. All the people right. that do the like multi-level marketing, like none of them have like a, a beautiful website. It's like basically a link that you can go buy their stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. people have built, you know, six figure to, to million dollar businesses doing that kind of thing. Oh, right. So and then on the other side, so if you're a person, if you have a service based business, you are a personal brand. Right. So if you're a coach, a healer, a consultant, some kind of practitioner, a therapist, you are a personal brand. Right. People are not buying just the thing that you do. They're buying you. Exactly. You know, so you have to have a personal brand. And you have a personal brand whether you're actually paying attention to it or not, right? You might have a Mm -hmm. weak one. (laughs) You're not paying any attention to it. But you have one. So so what people frequently do, what I see, is that people put all their emphasis on the website. Right. And then they think that just because they have a pretty website, it's going to sell and that they're going to make money. And that's not Mm -hmm. true. So I say that the place where your your website goes in the process of of setting up your brand is at the very end. So Mm -hmm. after you do everything else and you get clear, then you build then you go and you make a pretty website. But you don't start Mm -hmm. there, which is what most people do. So people are right. actually doing it backwards. <laughs> and, and the reason and the reason you don't is because you don't know what the hell you're building, right? Unless exactly. You out, you're a line brand. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And you don't know what you're doing, doing yet. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So can you also share with us some ways that people sabotage their brand by focusing, you know, kind of exclusively or heavily on just their websites? I know that we talked about that it's not necessarily – and I'll get all to have a website here, but how would that be sabotaging people? Yeah, that's a really, <laughs> yeah, this is a really big thing. It, it happens a lot, and I see it all over the place, right? And it's, so, like I said, no matter what you're selling, you don't have to have a website, and you don't have to have a perfect website, right? So what a right. lot of people do is they're like, they tell themselves, they put their, their business and their dreams and their goals on hold, until the website is done, right? Mm-hmm. Until the website looks good enough. 
And this can be like catastrophic to your business because the truth of the matter is building a website can take like months and even years to get it right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's one way is that people are just actually hiding out, right? And it's not really about the website. It's about the fact that they don't feel secure, that they don't feel yes. confident in what they have to put out to the world. So they're wanting right. to use the website as a crutch to lean on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but it doesn't actually work. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you just brought up another good point. I'll wait to ask you this if you wanted to finish up on what you were saying, but I, I've got to ask you something. Oh, go ahead, ask me, and then I'll say, I'll, I'll okay. go into the other two ways that people really doubt us. Okay. Go ahead, ask me first. So I... You know, you and I both, we've known each other for nearly seven or eight years. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're colleagues in, in the online coaching industry. And not that I have to tell you because you already know, but I'm just telling the audience. Um, I have seen, and you have seen, we have seen people that we think their work is fabulous, it's amazing, it's transformational, you know, it's kick-ass, whatever words you want to use to describe their greatness, but they don't see it. And so when you were talking about a crutch, I was thinking about recently how I have seen people firsthand just stop and freeze and not move forward and not seek help. I'm, I guess this aspect of, of when people freeze can also impede, obviously, their brand because they're not um, being... Uh, congruent with who they are. If you stop and you freeze and you're not able to express yourself when you're in communication with people or you stop communication because you get scared, that is injuring your brand right there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess I'm not really sure what the question I had for you was, except for we see this a lot and maybe you might have a take on that um, how to support people just with, you know, a couple lines there. Yeah. So so this is why my business is called Sacred Branding, and this is why, you know, what I do isn't just the, like, regular strategy. And this is where we go into the more sacred work of the real reason why your brand is not successful, the real reason mm-hmm. why you haven't done the work to get clear on all these other pieces and why you haven't given yourself permission to put yourself out there. Right. So, so doing the work that we do is scary and it's challenging and it's intense, right? Like when you just right. go have a normal job, you don't have to do any of this stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's a reason why people say like, oh, having a business is, is the best personal growth, uh, you know, seminar yep. on the planet or whatever you want to exactly. call it. Right. Right. Right, this life we've chosen to live. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what this is about, when you see this, you know, going on, is that it's like people are afraid of a couple of things, that they're not good enough, right? That they're not ready, that um, people are not going to like them, that um, if they say what they really say, have to say, they're going to be ostracized or attacked, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. these are some of the fears and the stuff that's going on underneath the surface 
that might look like you have a regular business problem, but it's not a regular business problem. It's not because right. you don't know what your message is. You don't know what your message is because you haven't dealt with this inner stuff, this inner like kind of turmoil or these wounds or um, places in yourself where you haven't given yourself permission to like really go for it and show up and shine and be your real self, right? Um, and this goes along with kind of what I was talking about too. It's like your brand identity and bringing yourself to the table because in the old school of business, it was like, you just need to be buttoned down. And a lot of people come from the corporate world where it's like your individuality is not, it's not, um, invited. We want you to conform and be like right. everybody else. Right. So if you're coming out of that world into this world, it can be like a bit of culture shock. And it's really scary because everything that you were rewarded for doing before now you're being asked to do the exact opposite, right? And to open yourself up for, to be rejected, basically, is what you're doing, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, who wants right. to do that? <laughs> right, right. Most of us don't. So sometimes we just, instead of actually putting ourselves out there, making ourselves vulnerable to the feedback of the world with our precious baby of, like, what we want to, our gifts that we want to give, it's easier to stay stuck and to hide out and say, I don't know what to do and not ask for help. You know, even though it's a painful place to be, it feels more safe than going right. out into the world and really bringing your magic to it. You know, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because it's been a long time since I was like afraid to write even colleagues when I'm in the process of doing something with them. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I experienced that from someone recently. I was like, okay, so where, where are you at? And they're like, I just got, I froze. I was just too afraid to reach out to them after they said yes mm-hmm. <laughs> to working with them. So it's that same, it's just something that blows me away. It's that same interpersonal stuff that we have to heal in order for, or work through in order for us to shine in our brand since our brand is us. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up, and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. You know, even at this point in the business, it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't me. It was my client. I swear. Okay, your client. Okay, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. But my point is that, like, so I I don't know if you heard of this this saying, but there's a saying that where they say, uh, "New level, new devil," right? So, oh uh, yeah. You know, we, we like to kind of think like, okay, I'm, I'm beyond that and now I'm going to the next thing and I don't have to. But a lot of times what actually happens is even if we've been successful in certain ways and we've reached certain levels, when we're ready to up-level our game and we're ready to mm-hmm. kind of bust through some new barrier and like take it up a notch in whatever we're creating in our work and our businesses, then all of a sudden that old stuff starts to come up again that we already mm-hmm. thought we dealt with and that it was done and it was gone. Right. 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 Um, yeah. So I, I you know, it, like just, it just blows, yeah, it blows me away. That, it just blows me away that that even happens. So, yeah. Right. I, mean, I guess I shouldn't let it blow me away, but if you've been in this business, so you and I've been in like 10 years, you've been in yeah. at least eight, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, you know, you guys got to get past your inner, inner critic on stuff, seriously. I mean, this just happened last night, so I guess that's why it's still in my head when I was checking in on a client and, and realized that they had dropped the ball because of fear. 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and it does affect us in our business. Yeah, it happens. And so, like, well, what I was going to say is I like to say new level, old devil, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like those, old, those old things that we, those old demons that we thought we slayed already are back again. And so actually, I tell my clients when that happens, because people can feel really frustrated and feel like a failure and what's wrong with me that I'm not over mm-hmm. this already. And I tell my clients, no, that's a good sign when that happens, because that means that you are at a breaking point, right? Where you like either you're going to allow those old demons to pull you back into the past, or you're going to break mm-hmm. through the next level and create something yeah. new and have more and bigger and expand in a way that you haven't haven't given yourself permission to do before. You know? That's really beautiful. That really, I, I forgot because, you know, this is a friend and a colleague, so I forgot that it was, like you said, um, up level, new de- same devil type of thing. Yeah, I've got to remind mm-hmm. them they're just up leveling. Then that's why it's, it, you know, it's it's interesting that even I, I think I was just so surprised that I was like, what is going on? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And another right. thing that happens too is sometimes we get shaken, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so you know, for example, me, I'm like, I'm used to all my clients like loving me and telling me I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes, I get, like, <laughs> and sometimes we get a little spoiled, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we like get into our little bubble. And then when someone comes and like gives us like negative feedback or says, oh, I didn't like this or asks for their money back, we can be like, oh, my God, can be like a huge shock to our system. Right. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm um, sure it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I My, my um, shocks are. Like you said, I mean, they love me, and then they're, you know, I mean, even just slight things, you know. I, I've not had a client ask for their money back, but I did have somebody, yeah, you know, yeah, use the whole thing as, as a way of getting out of coaching instead of actually mm-hmm. looking at her own shit. But, you know, yeah, I mean, but that's exactly. okay because when you think about it, it's their own, it's their own growth. You know, you brought up before about how having a business is really um, a self-growth thing. You know, it, it truly, truly is because you're you're seeing areas where you need to grow and you're seeing areas where you're not still as developed as you thought you might have been. So it's very interesting how the psychology of the person comes into the business. And we all yeah. need to understand that, yeah, that it's okay. We can do differently and, that, you know, the next time so so just be relaxed with yourself guys because you yeah. know just because we're up here talking to you it's it's not that we've got everything worked out it's just that we've got it worked out maybe a few steps ahead of other people so right yeah exactly yeah just and that's gen- you know i'm glad that you you brought that up so a couple of things i want to say about that one is um yeah this is part of the work that i do with people and um, the sacred side is like I, I work with people in a very gentle way, right? Because we have so mm-hmm. much judgment and shame of ourselves that we're not doing it right and we're not farther along and why didn't we make more money? Why don't we have a bigger list? Why don't we have a bigger phone? We can have all these stories. Even my, my coach who, who was sharing that she had a $32,000 week last week was sharing how she felt like it wasn't good enough because she wants to have a $100,000 a month and she hasn't done it yet. So she mm-hmm. was beating herself up because she had a $32,000 a week. <laughs> yeah. 
right? So well, no matter what level of success you're at, you can mm-hmm. still find a way to be like beating yourself up, you know? Right, right, exactly. Um, Thirty-two thousand dollars a day and week are pretty nice, you know? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm ready for my $32,000 week. I'm not going to (laughs) complain. You know, it's funny because in the the pricing of things, et cetera, et cetera, um, if you just take your calendar and mark how many days you work and how much money you want to bring in, then it pretty much, if you're working on it each and every day, it helps support that main growth. I just threw that out because there's a lot of people going, yeah, I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that thirty-two thousand dollar week, so it's, it's yeah, totally doable. About seeing, um, yeah, it's, and you're one who's amazing at talking about that because you know, as, as friends and colleagues, and and I utilized you as a coach before. You've really shifted my thinking. You know, we all get into rest. You know, we're not no one of us is perfect. So yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that's another piece, too, that I work on in the sacred side of, like, okay, let's work on this energetically, right? Like, there's the part where you're doing the clearing and the letting go and all of that stuff, but then there's a kind of what I call, like, the priestessing, right? Like, you're priestessing your business forward, and you can use all these different kind of spiritual tools and techniques to help you create or manifest whatever words you want to use, what it is that you want to create in your business, right? So whether it's like $32,000 or you want to fill this retreat or, or whatever. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, so so I'll just give like also a a really simple little technique that I have my clients do in this kind of more energetic side of, of creating what you want is um, I'll have them just like play with the energy. Right. So, so like, let's say you want to fill this program. So I would have them get into the energy of how amazing it's going to be and, like, the people in the that are going to be in the room, let's say if it was a retreat or something, right, um, and mm-hmm. how much those people are going to get out of it and just seeing them cry because they're so grateful for what they got to experience with you at the end, you know. And then I, I'll say once you get that picture, like, just breathe and anchor into your body and then you put the call out and you send it out to the universe as love. And you say, God, God is spirit, universe, send this out, this energetic um, projection or transmission out to the people who are meant to be there. Send them love. Call, and you send it out and then you call them back into that image, right? So that's just a yeah. really powerful way to like energetically connect with your people. I think that energetic type of marketing like that is very powerful. I know that it has shifted the way in which um, my business took off years ago. It's very, very powerful. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a question that would bring us uh, a little bit back to where we're talking about. Yeah, we kind of went off topic. (laughs) No, that's okay. It's all related. It's all related. Exactly. And it's all great stuff. So we were talking about people sabotaging their brand by focusing, um, you know, kind of either exclusively or too heavily on their website. So now my next question to you would be, uh, what should they be focusing on instead? Yeah. Okay. So, so the, so the other thing that when people are kind of focusing really heavily on their website, um, 
So we kind of talked about some of what they should be doing instead. So part of what you should be doing instead, because if you're overly focused on your website, there's a very high possibility, like 95% or higher, that part of what's going on is that you're using this website thing as, uh, as some place to hide out. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, like, so like more, or le- more or less like, I have a website, it's going to do all the work, that kind of thing, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Like either your website's going to, that's the other thing. Yeah, your website's going to do the work for you, which, uh, trust me, it's not. It's really <laughs> not going to. <laughs> it's not. I'll, I'll second that. <laughs> right? Right. You can have the most beautiful, gorgeous, lovely, powerful, you know, website in the world. But like if you're not clear on all those pieces that we were talking about, it doesn't matter. Right, exactly. If you don't have, exactly. if you don't have, if you haven't built um, uh, traffic, if you don't have systems to get people to go to your website, if you don't have funnels, if you don't have, uh, you know, client um Lead gen, email list like all for these, people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these other pieces. It doesn't matter, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Right, exactly. So, so that's you can't like just the, pray it. You can't just pray it. No, <laughs> yeah, you know, prayer works and it's important, but that's only part of the process. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like right. we have. We have to take the human footsteps. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I love that. You have to take the human footsteps, right? So, um, okay. So, what was I saying? <laughs> what was, should we be focusing on instead? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so basically, I'm saying like the the fear stuff, right? So one piece is on um, working on all the fears that are are the reason why you're hiding out. That's one piece, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then another piece, and this is also what I work on with people. Part of the reason that people are afraid is because they they don't think that they're credible, right? Or they're they're looking for their website to lend them credibility. Um, yeah. So so that's the other piece of getting clear on like what is your valuable, where does your credibility lie? And I guarantee you, it's not in your website, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So let me talk a little bit more about that. So part of the piece that I help people to to get clear on is owning and seeing and reflecting back to them the value that they bring to the world, the greatness that they have inside of them, the pricelessness of the transformations that they provide for their clients, right? Um, Yep. So when you get clear on that stuff, then it's a lot, then that the intensity of the fear of putting yourself out there is a lot less, right? Um, That's right. So that's, so, so there's the piece of clearing Clearing your stuff, whatever your beliefs or your wounds, clearing that stuff, that's one piece, right? Another piece is Mm -hmm. like getting really clear on owning the value and the worth that you bring to the world. And then then another piece of the credibility, and so let me talk about where your credibility does lie in your business and your brand, right? So your credibility lies in three places. Who you are, right? So that's why it's so important to show up and to allow yourself to be seen, right, and not try and, like, fit into what you think a, a, a successful business owner looks like, right? Um, right. So this is a really important piece. So so I'll share a little bit about my story with you is that, you know, I was – I actually started my business doing psychic readings. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And so I, and then I wanted to expand because I was like, okay, I give people these downloads and then I send them off. And I was like, I know most people aren't going to really do anything that I told them. So then I started to get into healing and coaching to like work with people over the longer haul. Right. Um, and, and, and then I brought in, this is over a year long process, brought in the business piece and then I got into the branding. But I struggled in my business. So the people that, that did hire me, loved me, they thought they was, that I was amazing, I got great feedback, whatever, right? But I, I couldn't get new clients, I couldn't make money, my business was not like a real business, it was more of a hobby, right? I would do work mm-hmm. for free, people would be like, oh my God, that was amazing, but nobody wanted to pay me, right? Right. Um, and part, a big part of the problem was because I thought that in order to be taken seriously, that I couldn't be woo-woo, that I couldn't be too spiritual, I couldn't be too hippie, I had to take all of those parts of myself and tone them down, right? And I would, like, try and wear a suit. I don't wear a suit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am not from corporate America. I never spent a day in my life (laughs) in corporate America, right? That's not who I am. I'm not professional in that way, right? Exactly. But that has nothing to do with, like, what I can do for my clients. So Mm -hmm. I was stuck. I was suffering. I was trying to do everything. I wasn't making any money. I I lost everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. I sold my car to pay my rent. And then I didn't make enough money. And then I got evicted. I lost all my stuff. Everything, right? The, The most traumatic part of that experience is that I couldn't be with my daughter because I didn't have a safe place for her to be, right? Right all because I was hiding out and I was not willing to let myself be seen in the public eye. And so, and so, so, so let me just throw this in it before you finish up. She's saying that she was hiding out, like we were talking about before, about the not feeling confident in your work. And so because of that, her work wasn't flowing. Is that correct, Uma? Yes, that's a very, exactly. Right. And that's exactly. what people need it's, to realize. Yeah. Yeah, it's not because my work wasn't good. It's not because my clients weren't happy. It was because I was so so hell-bent on dimming my own light to fit into what I thought would make me be successful. But I was completely wrong, and it led me into a very dark place, and this is part of why I'm so passionate about this, you know? Right, um, right. And I was literally suicidal. I wanted to kill myself. I felt so bad that I let my daughter down, you know? And so one night, I, like, went to this, my favorite hiking spot, and I just was walking up the mountain, and I just was crying and crying, and I just fell down on the ground, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, either I have to check out, or I have to do something differently. And I right. just decided that I was going to stay here because I wouldn't want my daughter to think I didn't love her enough to stay. So I was like, you have to do it. Even if you don't want to be here, you have to. So I said, God, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Finally, Mm -hmm. I had to get to that point before I would surrender, right? That's how much I felt I had to protect myself and hide. And Mm. what I heard was, was not what I was expecting. I didn't think this was the problem. I heard, like, stop lying, stop pretending you have it all together, stop trying to be professional, just show up as your real self. 
And I was like, okay, fine. And this was so hard for me. It was really embarrassing. I felt like an idiot and a failure and a loser. But I was like, I'm just going to show up and be real and vulnerable and authentic. And I'm going to stop pretending that I'm not a magical person. And I'm going to stop mm-hmm. pretending that I am not ultra spiritual and psychic and woo-woo and whatever. And that is when everything started to shift for me. At that point, when I started to bring my real identity and that's part of my brand identity is my real self into the equation. That's when people started to come to me for the first time and say, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm interested in your work. This sounds amazing. I want to work with you. And that Mm -hmm. had never happened before. So that was like revolutionary and not having to always be chasing people and chasing clients and trying to convince people to work with me. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important for you to bring that piece in of like mm-hmm. who you are, right? And that's where your credibility lies. So the reason why people wouldn't hire me before was because I wasn't credible because I was incongruent, because I was hiding who I was. So people can feel, even if they don't know what it is, they can feel something's off when you are, right. are trying to, you know, divorce a part of yourself or be what you think you're supposed to be. And that is a hit against your credibility. So when you be real, when, you, when you're real, when you're authentic, when you just be yourself and you bring all of those parts of yourself to the table that you think are not acceptable, that is what gives you credibility, right? That mm-hmm. is part of where you have a big part of your credibility. So that's point one. Who are you, right? And the reason why that's so important is because it's rare for us to get a real authentic person, you know? Everybody is so hell-bent and, and everything in our society is like, manufactured and plastic and all this stuff, right? That's so right. So there's always a spin on everything. So when you bring that to the table, it's extremely valuable and it's rare and precious and that's part of what people are going to pay you for, right? That's one part that's of right. why it's part of your credibility. The other part of why it's your credibility is because when you actually are shining as your full self, then you're going to be in deep resonance with other people that are similar or that are attracted or want to be more like that, right? Yes. So people are coming, buying not just what you do, but they are actually literally buying who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's another piece of why. So the other piece of your credibility is your story, right? So that's why this is so much more important than your logo of your website colors or any of that, right? Your story. So your story is what lets people know that you've been on the journey, that you've been to those dark places, that you have fallen down and you have gotten back up. Now, here's Mm -hmm. the thing that people don't understand about this. They think that if you share your story, that means that you have to be like at the top of the mountain shouting victory before you can tell your story. And that's not true. <laughs> uh-huh. that's just make not sure true. you're uh just make sure you can be heard from the top of the mountain. <laughs> right? Yeah, or, or, come yeah, up exactly. from, or come up for air from underwater. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. So like you were saying earlier, Mia, like we don't have everything figured out, but here's the truth of the matter. We are a few steps ahead and a lot more steps ahead of other people who who are are at a different place in their journey with what we do in our area of our expertise, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to be like at out of the depths of the darkness, right? You don't even have to like right. be on the like close to the mountaintop. You just have to have your arc started 
towards the ascent, right? Mm -hmm. um, That's right. And then you can keep, and as you tell your story, if you're willing and vulnerable to tell your story before you're 100% out of the, the, the darkness, then guess what happens? You get out, dark, out of that darkness 10 times faster. And mm -hmm. you bring all these people with you and you make money along the way. Mm -hmm. And that's Very cool. where your real credibility comes from. Mm -hmm. And then the last people, piece, so there's, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say people really want to see that aspect of us. You know, sometimes people just throw it all out there and there's like three, there's three, there's three people. There's those who just throw it all out there, naked as can be, don't even care how it lands. And there's those who are like playing the, the in-between game, like, um, I'm going to share this with you, but I'm going to be respectful. And then there's those that don't do anything at all. You know, they don't share at all. So it's almost like the middle ground is the most favorable when we're sharing something vulnerable like that. It's, it's have yes. well, share your story, but don't freak everybody out kind of thing, right? Well, I'll, I'm going to come back to this because I have an opinion on this that's maybe different than some people. Okay. But let me just finish the third thing, the third piece of the where your real credibility lies, not your website, is in your experience, right? So this is part of your story. but Or this is like kind of the the... the the deeper dive of your story. So a lot of times people think, oh, well, I don't, I didn't, you know, like for me, my story was like, oh, I can't really talk about branding and business because I don't have a degree or I haven't worked for a Fortune 500 company or any of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is what I have is experience, years and years of experience in the field, in the industry with people that that people are 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 coming to me for, right? So right. my actual real life experience is ten times more valuable than a degree in something or working for some big wig company because branding for a Fortune 500 company and an individual is different. We don't have millions of dollars at our disposal, right? So mm -hmm. our approach has got to be different, right? And we have assets that a company doesn't have as an individual. So anyways, um, that's the third piece. And a lot of people don't, don't think of that as something special. They discount their own experiences. They discount the journey that they've been on and how they came to know what they do if they don't have a piece of paper or something like bright, shiny object to go with it. And at the end of the day, what you have to offer as far as your life experience and your journey is going to be um, way more valuable and that is going to lend way more credibility than a website or a certification or any of that stuff. Right. Okay. If, so what you're saying is um, getting it done and doing it and being successful working with people is so much more valuable than any degree that anyone or like you said certificate that anyone can have because somebody with a certificate or a degree doesn't necessarily mean that they know all the nuances of actually working in that industry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's beautiful. And you know why that's so beautiful? Because so many people go to school for one thing and then they get out into the real world and they're like, wow, now I'm aware that what I just studied for the last, you know, four or five or even six years has no relevance in my life. So it is really important what you stated. It's 
it's part yeah. of who we are. It's part of how to grow our business. Yeah. Beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. So let me jump back to what you're earlier, you were talking about earlier as far as like kind of like how vulnerable to be and how much of yourself to show and express, right? So this is kind of a common thing that we kind of have to grapple with a little bit. So basically the first answer is there's no definitive lines of how much is enough or too much. Everybody's personal, um, you know, barometer for this is going to be different. So part of it mm-hmm. is going to be, have to be about where you are comfortable, what, how much you're comfortable sharing where, right? So um, I'll give you first a couple of examples for myself. So I, so one thing that I do, I'm actually a very, very, very private person, and I'm a total introvert, but that's not the life that I lead. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not the, it's not the business that I created. Um, and I, and I believe that I am supposed to be out in the world, even though it's uncomfortable for me. But honestly, it is uncomfortable for me in a lot of ways, right? And I do have to push myself. It's not easy. It doesn't come natural to me, even though people think like, oh, you seem so confident. But it's not, it's, it's work for me. Um, so what I do is I'm very, very vulnerable and I share about how I'm feeling and like what's going on with me but I will frequently leave out most of the details so you don't know exactly what I'm talking about. So you know, like, what I'm going through, kind of, but you won't necessarily mm-hmm. know all the details. So that's one way mm-hmm. that I kind of manage where I'm, like, I'm being open and vulnerable, but I'm still having my privacy and my personal boundaries, you know? Right, right. Um, so the other piece is that you don't want to use your audience as your therapist, right? Right, exactly. So sometimes people kind of, this is what I kind of think what you're talking about when people go overboard, right? When they're just like throwing everything out there and it's like, ah, and it's like, it's like almost like they're looking for someone to validate how they're feeling or take their side with the drama that's going on in their life, right? So we don't want to do that. (laughs) We don't want to like, like emotionally vomit on our audiences. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so how can you prevent that from happening is that you you have a therapist or you have friends that you can talk to or you, you know, you make sure you do some sometimes like I want to post about something, but I know it's like too raw and I can't really be um, in that centered place with it or a detached place with like putting it out there and not needing a certain response. So Mm -hmm. if I feel like that, I'll write it all out, but I won't post it, right? Mm -hmm. I'll wait. And then I'll kind of like ride the wave of my emotions for a few days, and then I'll post it, (coughs) right? Right, exactly. And that's smart because – go ahead. I heard a (laughs) bug. Oh, no. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's really smart because – that's the development of our emotional intelligence level, which is so important in business, but also in our personal life instead, because I'm sure you'll agree. We've seen thousands of coaches come and go over the last 10 years. And Mm -hmm. along with that, we also see their, you know, their, their life. You know what I mean? The the things that are, uh, remember people are going to remember what they want to remember, what they see. So if you're putting it out there for the masses to read, you just need to be careful if you're, if you're uh, 
you know, if you're trying to build your brand, if you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to work on the self-love aspect, part of it's good if you're sharing something. But if you're ranting, like, uncontrollable, which we've seen, that's not so good. Simply yeah, because well, I mean, there's, there's ramifications to all of it. And it, yeah, it, it, it depends okay on what it rant, is. But. Right. I think it's okay to rant sometimes. But I think I rant sometimes. But when I rant, I'm making an intentional decision to rant. You know? Right. Correct. And I'm taking responsibility for my rant, and I'm taking responsibility for the fact that some people may have a negative reaction to that. And I'm going to try and respond to that in a loving way. And if I can't respond in a loving way, then I'm not going to respond at all. And that's just, like, one of the ways that I deal with it, you know? Um because I'm very passionate about being a truth teller, and so sometimes that's gonna, there's going to be a rant. Right. Now, that's just my personal right. style. You have to find I guess what way. I'm thinking of is, is where, you know, um, people are, like, blasting their spouses on, you know, on social media. Oh, yeah, media. no, no, no. Yeah, that's or, just or, being drama. That's just being drama. Right. That's right. not being exactly authentic. Drama. That's, that's being a drama that's queen. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. That's, that kind of stuff. That's, that's <laughs> negative to your work. Yes, definitely. I, that's what I, I mean. I, yes. Yeah. Like, I don't talk about my ex-husband except to say something positive about him. <laughs> you know? How I appreciate right. what a good dad he is, you know? Right. Or stuff like that. Right. I don't go on social media and say, well, you know, if he would have done this and blah, blah, blah. I don't say that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, because any, any growth statement or story that helps someone grow or change, which they all do, is important. But if you're talking about the negativity of someone specific or you're talking about, um, I had seen some coaches about five or six years ago run GoFundMe campaigns because they they needed it. Well, that, you know, they never came back to the business because they couldn't bring back clients. So it's things like that that you just need to be aware of. It depends on what your GoFundMe campaign is for. You know, we've done Mm -hmm. them for projects and things like that. But if it's to sustain your life, that's fine. Do it. But just be aware of how you're, you know, how you're representing yourself. Because as Uma was talking about our brand, if we're having these negative things, if we're a relationship coach per se, and then we're having relationship issues that we're blasting to the public, then that's not being um, supportive of who we're representing ourselves to be. And on the other hand, I guess if that's happening, then that's good that that's happening because that means you absolutely need to heal and work on your own stuff before you hit, before you hit your audience, before you hit, you know, the world. So yeah, I guess it could, could be a positive thing and and that might appear negative, but the end results would still be the same. You have to get your stuff healed. Right. Okay, like so, for example, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, for example, you know, that's a piece though where, you know, we think, oh, if I'm a relationship coach, my relationship has to be in top order all the time. And that's not true. Your relationship doesn't have to be in top order. But it's that you want to be responsible in how you're communicating about what's happening with your relationship, right? So, right. Some of the so one of the relationship coaches that I respect the most, he, he talks he's been single for a long time and he talks about his own personal struggles and what his fears are. 
And for me, that just makes me respect and trust him more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he mm-hmm. talks about how he wants to clean this stuff up for himself before he gets into his next relationship. So, right. you don't, so this is back to the you don't have to be perfect. And it's not about where, you know, that you can't ever have a, a, a something fall apart in your life, even if it's in your area of your expertise. It's more of how are you dealing with that in a um, responsible, evolved, right. conscious, aware way? That's what your your people want from you, not that you your life is perfect and that you never exactly. have a breakup exactly. or a bad launch <clears throat> or gain a few right. pounds, whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. People want to know that you're well, that you're working through things, as opposed to a shit fest. Mm-hmm. Um, Uma, we're out of time, and it was so lovely to have you here. Is there one last thought you'd like to share with the audience before we say goodbye? Um, yes, I just want to say, you know, wherever you're at your journey, you're you're right where you're supposed to be. Keep going, keep showing up, keep believing in yourself, and even if you're feeling a little down. You know, there's probably something special for you just around the corner. So I just want to encourage you to, to not stop 50 feet from gold and just keep showing up wherever you're at. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us. See you next week.